Well, hey there, and welcome back. You're listening to another episode of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Reese. Today's episode is sponsored by the Queen Bees of Real Estate, a free members-only group for the ladies in real estate. If you are about collaboration, positivity, and empowerment, head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Queen Bees of Real Estate. It is really such a game changer when you can surround yourself with like-minded women, and today's guests are no exception. Nat and Ange are female entrepreneurs, leaders, and two of my amazing friends. I've asked them both to join me today for a few reasons. First, I absolutely adore them, and I know you will too. Second, they're thoughtful, driven, and truly authentic boss moms. And three, they're just fun to talk with, and so I knew we would have an engaging conversation. And we did. So join me, Nat, and Ange on today's episode entitled Finding Your Social Power. Nat and Ange, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us here. It's this very is gonna, exciting. It is. And you know what? This is going to be exciting because I've actually never done an interview with more than one person on the line. So we're going to see how this goes. This is a right. test. Going to be a shit show. Already, oh, 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 and already, already, I got a market explicit. Good job, Nat. <laughs> well, now you're in for it. Uh, it's all good. Well, listen, I'm really excited that uh, that you guys have joined me for a few reasons. One, because I've I've come to grow so fond of both of you, and and feel like I've gotten to know you guys so much better since our very first meeting, which I'll share with everybody how we met. But even more so that you guys have just launched a podcast, which we're also going to get to. And uh, for the amazing conversation I know we're going to end up having, because I think it's going to go, forewarning, fair warning to all the listeners, it's going to go in a million different directions. And you're just going to have to follow along because <laughs> you're going to have to keep up. They're, they're going to have fun no matter what. Exactly. It's going to be a roller coaster ride with lots and lots of joy. It's good. Uh, I love it. And I profanity. And profanity, yes. No, just kidding, just kidding. Just put headphones on if anyone's listening that's got kids around. <laughs> <laughs> so I will just share briefly with our listeners how we met. Um, so it has been, I think, over a year um, ago that I had booked a photography session with Nat, mm-hmm. Nat Caron, who's, who's our, uh, professional photographer. And through Nat, it was suggested, Hey, you know, it would be really awesome if we could have somebody come in and style your shoot. And I was like, what? There's actually such a thing. Tell me more. And then Hence, walking in is Angela, um, <laughs> who, who has a, honestly, truly an amazing niche. I, I really didn't know that anything like this existed, and it just mm-hmm. truly made it so amazing, the experience. I am still perfecting my elevator pitch. Oh. <laughs> when, people, when people ask, what do you do? What is a stylist? Yeah, it's still that elevator pitch, but <laughs> it's a creative outlet, and it, we have so much fun working together. You know, yeah. And you know what? I just, I walked away. I had never really had a professional photo shoot for brand photography before. That was my first time, first time meeting Nat, first time meeting you. And I I have to say, I walked away feeling, I don't know, there was just something magical about the connections, about the conversation, how comfortable it was. I could honestly do that every day. (laughs) 
Let's do it every day. What are you doing tomorrow? I know. I just got to get the budget for it. That's oh, my thing, right? Yeah. We got to get it going. But I literally could. I could do that every day. It was Aww. so fun. Yay. That's amazing because yeah. I know we love doing it so much. Yeah. And truly, I mean, it's, it depends, <laughs> not depends, but there's, there's certain clients that you just um, connect so well with. And, and I feel like we're all so like-minded. Um, you know, the, the experience comes from not just us, it <laughs> comes from the whole team. And uh, the makeup artist that you had that day was amazing as well. It just yeah. it was such a great team effort to bring everything together. Yeah. I think we kind of all said at one point that day, we, all of us kind of commented on like, this is girl power at its finest. Like there was just so much of a a connection between all of us that, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty magical, but maybe before we get into it, Angela, you're going to get a chance to practice your elevator pitch (laughs) and I'll start with you then since you kind of put it already out there. Maybe you can, you can just sort of share with us. What is it that you do? So I've, gone with the title social stylist because the there's a prop stylist, set stylist, interior stylist. There's there's a stylist for everything. And I really wanted to kind of hone in because it is so niche that when I think of social stylist, it's um, creating and curating imagery or scenes that help um, entrepreneurs or clients really truly show who they are and what their brand is in a visual matter. So that all relates back to social media. We are so connected visually these days. So when we, when we think of social media and how we're showing up, and I'm sure you can agree to this, that we want to be really reflective of who we are. And sometimes just having a stylist on hand can help curate and storytell that because we get so in the moment sometimes of thinking about our own brand and I want to make sure I show this and that. And even when we go into a shoot or you're executing on social, it's all the things. So it can feel a little overwhelming. And it's the same reason why bringing in a photographer where they, and I'll, you know, I'll let Matt speak more on that, but they see you in a way and it's almost like we are your audience. And it's like, I think that this is where we, we should go because we're watching you. Um, so really to summarize my elevator pitch is, <laughs> is, is curating, you know, unique imagery that is brand reflective of the client. And perfect. The most fun ever. Uh, that was actually perfectly said. I don't think you have to work on it anymore. I okay. think that actually, the, I, 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 the, I think that was self-explanatory. And we'll, we'll let the listeners chime in on that in the podcast group. Yeah. Come back and tell us. And the next time mm-hmm. someone asks what I do, I'll just say, tune into this episode with Michelle Reese. <laughs> I probably won't explain it better than that again. <laughs> perfect. Well, you talked a lot about sort of that brand imagery, uh, which is, is, is hugely important in our businesses and our lives, whatever sort of that looks like, our branding looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and Nat, you you were so patient with me when we were first starting out with this because I had no idea what I even wanted this brand to look like. I, I felt like a deer in headlights. I felt like I was this child that was lost of like, I don't know which direction <laughs> to go. Like, what do you mean? You tell me. Right. And, and you guys both brought that to the table. So maybe you can share a little bit about how you sort of work with clients in brand photography. What does that actually look like? Well, um, a lot of the time it comes, so the clientele is very different. It, um, with personal branding like yourself, it's um, one particular person in business and, and their story versus uh, when we were, we're working with a larger corporation, um, it's the corporation's story. So those are two different kind of 
sessions. However, um, they work the exact same way. So it's storytelling, just like what Angela just said. It's all about giving the feeling that people get when they meet you. Um, it's the first introduction and it's, you know, we used to rely heavily on headshots, but headshots are just a snippet of it all. Um, now we rely on what does a day in the life look like for Michelle Reese? What is it, what does it look like when she is, um, planning out her day? What does it look like when she's working with her team? What does it look like? Um, so that people can then put themselves in your shoes or at least in the shoes of your clientele. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and just to chime in on Angela, the reason that it's, it's such a great collaboration for the two of us is because, um, you know, I bring an assistant along quite often and, the assistant, again, it doesn't, doesn't know how to style a session, style a shoot. Um, their job is to, to set up equipment and set up. And, you know, like if we need a whole table setting done, which Angela has done recently where she was like, so I'm bringing in four meals and like a full, you know, like when you have like a, like a Thanksgiving dinner, uh-huh. that's a lot of preparation. She has to put that whole thing together to make it look beautiful for seven minutes for a seven minute portion of the shoot. And really, truly like her job is so huge in the storytelling. I wish that people could understand how important it is to have, I was going to say a prop stylist on set, but her on set. <laughs> <laughs> good, good catch. magical at what she does. I love but you. I agree. I totally agree. No, seriously. You, you, both of you, I think, I think really, truly you're both, um, amazing individually, but together collaboratively, the way you both bring your strengths and talents to tell the story visually, which is so difficult to do. Mm. You, you, it just seems so effortless. And I think it really speaks to both of your sort of, um, general interests, number one, mm-hmm. and passions, but your skill set that you bring to the table because storytelling is not something that we've, in business, we've ever really had to give much thought to, especially mm-hmm. as solopreneurs. Um, I know a big, a, a big part of my audience is, is realtors and, and real estate professionals and mortgage brokers. And so for the longest time, that's just never had to be a part of what we do. We didn't really have to tell the story. We had a product to sell. We'd match a client with that. And that's how business was done. But now you've got the evolution of social media and online marketing, and it just changes the game completely. And so, you know, what are sort of your thoughts then before we jump in on, on, you know, that power of storytelling? Like, why is it so important to make sure that we give this little tiny snapshot that tells a story of a much bigger picture? I'll jump in when you were just talking about like your target target audience with uh, realtors, mortgage brokers, where, yeah, the landscape of it years ago, you know, it's exactly how you described. But as the years go on, we are gifted really with these tools like Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever platform it is you're on. And so in those capacities to utilize those to the best to get face forward 
is great, but the storytelling part, it is, it's building that connection. So it's not just, Hey, hire me. I'm going to do a service for you. It's an exchange. Bye. Mm -hmm. It's, it all goes back to relationship. So building that connection and relationship to your customers, it goes far beyond of once the deal is closed and I'm using your capacity as a reference is what do we do when we've had great service or great things have happened? We talk to people, right? And so we talk about the experience. It's the same thing. Oh, I have this friend. You would love her. Or you, I know this photographer, Nat. You would love her. <laughs> it's, this is how we, we communicate. And we, now with these tools, we can share it instantly. So building those connections, if you recommend Nat and someone looks her up and they see her on social, they might be like, well, well one, she's beautiful. <laughs> She is. <laughs> look, look, she's fanning herself. She's fanning herself. <laughs> Thank you. That's really but, nice. But right away when you look, and I'm using now you, Nat, as an example of how you show up and the way you, you photograph, right away people are going to feel something and that might be like, yeah, I think Michelle's right. This, this woman looks really great. So it, it's become our virtual business card, really. Mm, good way to put it. But I would also like, can I, I, I'm... I love what you just said. And I think that's perfection, but I really believe that we've been ad agencies have been doing this for years in print and commercial. And you know, that it's just, it's been, it's what they call slice of life. So when, when they're creating an advertisement campaign, they want to show a slice of life and, and throw in that Coca-Cola bottle, you know, but there's a whole story that goes along with it. We're just, um, because of social media, we want it to be just a slight more authentic and true and real. Um, people don't want to feel sold to. Mm-hmm. So telling the story of who you actually are, like the fact that we showed this, this small little version of you that, not little version, but a small piece of you, um, of you painting. A lot of people didn't know that of you. I know. And they, they feel like they get a little bit more of Michelle from that. And they get to see inside the window just a little bit more. And they feel just a little bit more connected. They're like, oh, I didn't know she was that creative. Like, that's such a great piece to add you're, Yeah, you're right. And I think when it's done intentionally through a, a brand shoot, like the ones that we, we've done, um, you, you have the opportunity, me anyways, as the, being the client, then at that point, it, you guys made it feel... Um, more comfortable for me to show that side because it was being done so strategically and professionally and, and still keeping it authentic. I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing fake or, or disingenuous about any sort of shots that we took in any of the shoots that we've done. And that's something I find is so important. And I, I love what I do. And that's, I think, where I try to separate um, from some styles of stylist because I'm not trying to paint a picture and make you look any more fabulous than you already are. It has to reflect you. And it's challenging at times to, especially when you first meet someone, I think we had met that day. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's quick, but it is. We're not trying to make you look like anything that if someone just called you up or walked into your home, it's not like, whoa, 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 this is <laughs> not what I had ordered. <laughs> so that, that's the kind of the, the strategy around it is to still be unique and authentic, but th- there is a strategy to it. And it's also just takes away a lot of the pressure on the actual shoot so that you can just show up and be you. And we got your back. 
And that was exactly, that was exactly the experience that I had. And I, I don't know if I ever shared this with you guys. So one of my um, husband's cousins is a, a teacher. And so she happened to be teaching her, her um, students about, I don't even know if it was like an art class or a proportion or something. Anyway, she used one of the photos of, that you guys have taken of me, that Matt took of me as an example. And the first reaction that came from, from, I think it was a grade eight or a grade nine student was, it was one of the shoot, um, one of the shots where I had my Labutin shoes just on the side and the soles were showing, but they were all scratched up because I actually wear my shoes. And their comment was, oh my God, she's so real. And And she says, why? Because look, her shoes are worn. It's not fake. It's not, it wasn't. And that was their perception of it. Things that I never would have, it would have never crossed my mind, but it really, that to me, yeah, it was pretty cool to get that sort of response from them, but it really speaks to forget what we want to portray. I mean, we always want to portray our best side. I mean, let's face it. That's just, you know, as humans, we don't, we don't naturally just want to show really what a slob I look like in my office (laughs) (laughs) and what I look like without my makeup on. Right. We'd, so we know we want, always want to put our best foot forward. It's also why we podcast because no one can see. <laughs> nobody, you hit it right on the nose. Nobody can see. But it's, it really speaks to what the, what the consumer, what the people who we're trying to attract really want. And they want real. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to be too contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, and they don't want it contrived because they don't want to feel. They're constantly feeling they're being sold to. Yeah. It needs to come to them naturally. They need to feel like, oh, this is somebody I relate to just Mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is how we also create our dream clients as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the content that you share that goes along with those posts further helps to tell the story in a very genuine way. And I think that, you know, that's a struggle. I think most people in my industry, in many industries, but my industry specifically, because I know what our facing is, okay, I've got these beautiful photos. Now, how do I use them to really tell my story? And what message do I want to craft that's going to be meaningful and and impactful and, you know, really, really sort of make sense for my brand, for my clients, for everything. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the content piece. Mm -hmm. But Okay, so enough about me and my, you know, the amazing photo shoot experience that that I had with the two of you. Let's talk a little bit about both of you because you guys have both further collaborated now and launched a brand new podcast, which just came out this week as we're recording this, Mm -hmm. called the Social Focus Podcast. Mm -hmm. So first off, congrats, because I know the amount of work that goes into, yeah, it goes into doing it, but the social focus podcast, maybe you guys can just start there and say, you know, how did you come up with the name? What, what is it that sort of brought you to that, that name, that niche? Where's sort of the driving force behind it? You can take that one, Nat. (laughs) (laughs) Whose idea was it really? The first, very first idea. Uh I definitely, I will take credit for the name, but it was definitely a collaboration of here's some thoughts and we've kind of bounced back and forth. But uh, the social focus really comes from, obviously, a lot of what we are going to be talking about is social media and um, our social lives. But also because of what we do, we are in the photography world, the focus. (laughs) Did you just snap at something? I just snapped (laughs) my husband who opened the door and went, hi. And I was like, oh, no, no. (laughs) 
sorry, honey. <laughs> My husband's already be instructed to to tap on the window first. And if he's we're still going, then he has to go for a walk with our son. Oh my oh. gosh, too funny. Yeah, March break just started in our house. So yeah, everyone, oh everyone's home. And I warned the kids, but I didn't warn Jim. So <laughs> Yeah, so that's how Thanks for out. bringing that up, Nat. I was trying to be so discreet. <laughs> this is us keeping it real, people. Keep We're it real. It real. Snap, snap, snap. snap. I'm snap. My husband made it. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically how it came up. So we are in the photography world. So um, being focused, um, we, we finish off every episode with putting everything into focus and we point form because who doesn't love a point form? Mm-hmm. of takeaways right uh so that's that's ultimately how we came up with the name but a lot of it is about the social media slash social um life your social life mm. and, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. and so you guys have just started sort of launching um into into it what are what are a few of the episodes that you've you've already released and what what can we sort of expect coming coming from that because there's a lot that goes under. I mean, I mean, I read, I read the bio. I have listened to your very first, uh, the zero zero episode, and then the zero one episode. Um, but you, you guys have talked about, you know, the importance of social life against social media, mm-hmm. and there's, I mean, that there are so many things that we can talk about just around that alone, that whole balance piece. But um, I forget what the initial question was that I was even going to ask you on that. <laughs> You were asking about the first few episodes. There we go. When we go through social media, social life, some of the first episodes, uh, we have one, the myth of why you're too busy to show up on social. Uh, So that's really about creating strategies. So, you know, busy is kind of a word we try to eliminate because it just gets tossed around like crazy. Um, And then... Oh my gosh, what are our other episodes? <laughs> okay, we're all having a little bit of a brain moment. We are also, we're not on March break. We are on PA days with our kiddos. So it's been a day, I think, for all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one was about what your audience wants to hear from you. Right. And we also, once a month, will be doing an interview. So we have an interview coming up next week. Awesome. And we, I don't know when you're actually going to release this episode. So it's the second Tuesday of every month we have a interview. And then as a balance for Nat and I, we also once a month will be doing a solo episode, which again, you know, undertaking a podcast is, it's a lot of work. Um, we're very passionate about it and love how this journey has already started, but doing kind of smaller, simpler, uh, solo focus, uh, focused episodes. <laughs> See what I did there. Um, <laughs> Really, really just helps us continue to push out great information and great content. But we are also working months. So sometimes for us to record, you know, three, four, five episodes to get them lined up, we thought, you know what, let's give ourselves a break and do a solo once a month. And so we're each kind of that. And then we can kind of niche down in our own side of things. Um, But other episodes that we have coming up, they might even be aired by the time this airs. We talk about uh, criticism. In, in your business and collaboration, which I'm really excited for because this whole collaboration between Nat and I has been one of the most rewarding experiences. And it started while we worked together. And this is just kind of part two of where we really merged and, and are putting <laughs> all of our goodness together. And it, it is, it's very it magical. Is. Yeah, and the collaboration one is a really, really good episode. So please check that I'm out. I'm excited and for that one. Yeah, because sometimes people don't even realize it. They, you know, it's, 
It's like date. It's also like dating. So <laughs> like asking somebody tell out, us not tell us how like, it is. <laughs> it's like asking somebody out. It's like when you ask somebody to collaborate with you, there could be somebody rejecting you. <laughs> so it does feel like you're being vulnerable. Vulnerable. Sure. Somebody uh, to potentially collaborate with you, but you know when there's magic between you and another business owner, right? Um, but it's funny you say that, and we talk about that in that episode where yeah. I had been. Niche, like I've been wanting to take our collaboration further, not just working on our styled shoots. And so, but I was vulnerable and maybe nervous or fear. I'm like, I don't know if she'd want to work and go and do something with me. And then one day, Matt sends me a message saying, Would you want to do a podcast? And I was immediately, um, Yes. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. I said to my husband, Oh my gosh, it's happening. It's, it's going. And I couldn't, and we talk about that in the episode, little spoiler. But oh my gosh, if I had maybe reached out months before, we could have been. Oh my gosh, you guys would be on fire. No, you're already on fire. Listen, timing, <laughs> timing is everything. And you, you, you kind of touched upon something uh, earlier, Ange, which is the whole working mom piece. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it sounds like the plan that you guys have in place is, is amazing for a number of reasons. One, it allows you to diversify and talk about your own personal niches and, and areas of expertise and passions that you, that you have that might be independent of one another. But, but two, from a total time perspective... It allows you that freedom and control to record when it's convenient for you, where it's convenient for you, and really just give you that freedom to to explore with what works within your parameters. Because all three of us here, and I'm sure many people listening, are working moms. And it's just a dynamic that um, hasn't, uh, hasn't been something that anybody sort of just said here let, here's how you can make it easier to sort of navigate these waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that ties into collaboration because I feel that when you do find somebody, especially, you know, in, in an industry where you're a solopreneur, if you can find somebody that you click with, that you can start bouncing ideas off of. I mean, collaboration can look so many different ways. You don't have to partner businesses together, but even in just that, that sheer can we have a conversation and bounce ideas off of one another? Can you reassure me that I'm exactly where I need to be? Like even in that exchange mm-hmm. of energy and dialogue is huge and, and helps so much when you are trying to juggle so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it I makes it a little less lonely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice to just, even like you said, if it's not a full partnership in terms of blending businesses or taking on a new venture together, just sometimes having, the honesty and trust where get a good opinion or even good feedback of like, can you help me with this? Because it can be lonely at times. Huge. I, I'm listen, I'm the first to sort of admit that it is, it, it, it can be very lonely being a, an, an entrepreneur, let alone a female entrepreneur um, where there's, you know, whether it's imposed expectations or just things that we put upon ourselves where, you know, we feel like we have to look a certain way, do things a certain way, be a certain way, meet up to a certain image. Um, that and then just, still get the kids' lunches made. Right? And like, sure, and nails and done and, and everything along that lines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just so much pressure to meet these expectations, whether they're our own or others, that just in that alone kind of isolates ourselves. We isolate ourselves because we don't ever feel like we can measure up or we're good enough. So the tendency is then to want to hide that. And so then we pretend and we distance people. And so it's, yeah, loneliness is, I I think it's important to talk about because it's not something that many people are, are, have, or are willing to share 
openly that it's just part and parcel to being human. Right. It's so totally. true. Yeah. Well, how do you, can I ask you questions? <laughs> go for it. We said we have no rules. So, you know, go for it. <laughs> um, how, so, I mean, you are, you're leading team, like a, a team of people. Um, how do you deal with the loneliness? Do you, do you collaborate with people? Do you network? Do you, like, I know that um, a lot of what you do, you have family in your business as well. So how is that part of why it becomes less lonely for you? Or I'm just curious. I, yeah. If you or... Great, great question. Matt. <laughs> Are you a podcast host? Um, <laughs> I'm asking you a question. No, I'm fair. I love it. I love it. I will start by saying that I am an introvert. <laughs> so I think that helps a lot that I don't have an overwhelming need to always be around people. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I live a lot in my head and I have great conversations with myself, um, and arguments <laughs> as well. Um, and so I, I kind of feel that need, I think, but it can, in, in, in that whole introversion, you know, uh, spectrum world, mm-hmm. um, there still is that, oh, like I saw the two of you guys join forces and do a podcast. And I was like, oh, wouldn't that be so fun if I had somebody to, to, you know, co-host a podcast with, and we could banter back and forth and da, da, da. So there's always going to be that pull. Mm-hmm. I think in, in business, it's, it's been helpful for me because yes, I came from a family business. And so my, my mom, my brother, and my sister, um, when, which is hoping to hearing all of the, <laughs> all the stuff that goes behind the scenes, right. uh, that we, we get a chance to sort of be there and bounce ideas off one another. So mm-hmm. I don't feel lonely in the respect that I don't have anybody to talk to, but I will say of people in my, my age group and in my social circle, I don't have many people that are doing the similar things that I'm doing that face the same challenges that I face. So I do find it very difficult to connect with, with other women who are sort of on the same sort of, uh, I don't want to use the word level cause it's not about, it's not about a level or a height, mm-hmm. but in that same sort of sphere of, of understanding where I'm coming from. Also right. like the same kind of, they're not on the same trajectory as you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we all have, uh, listen, you work with people, the challenges are going to be the same. The business challenges are always going to be there, the fundamentals. It's just those unique dynamics in terms of where can somebody relate to me? Um, Where can I relate to other people? Um, And I don't, I don't seem to have many in my immediate social circle. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I, that has greatly expanded. And that's why I started off by saying I'm an introvert because that has a lot to do with where my comfort level is and being able to open up a network. And so I was raised with like, you know, keep things to yourself and especially being in a family business. Um, it was, it was the family unit. You didn't really go beyond those confines and talk about the business outside of the family. So I was kind of trained, not intentionally, I would imagine, but just kind of trained that you don't openly share. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's been something that I've had to personally um, work on. And I know, I know I'm not alone in that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what was it like for both of you? you both were, you know, started your businesses independently, mm-hmm. uh, both raising young families. And now I'm going to be the host. So oh. tell me. <laughs> <laughs> 
so sorry. What a joke I am. Why are you apologizing? I love it. We're having a conversation. This is the way it's supposed to be. There's no such thing as one person holding the mic and asking the questions. (laughs) Conversation. Um, Well, I would say, similarly, I am also an introvert. Um, My... I hope that was the question. <laughs> and, and if it wasn't, just go with it. <laughs> just, just make up your own. <laughs> yeah, I'm such an introvert. And one of the things that I've always had to do is lead into what I'm most fearful of. So as soon as I start to feel any sort of fear or pain in my stomach from it, um, I mean, there's a difference of like gut intuition, this is not going to work versus you know, that fear that sits inside your stomach, like I'm putting myself out there and, you know, I've been in my business for 18 years. So this is going back 18 years ago thinking, am I good enough to be with this group of people right now? Like always second guessing myself. And, and again, that's the introvert. I, I just didn't really want to, (laughs) I'd rather, I have no FOMO at all. Like it doesn't exist in my vocabulary. I'm like, please let me stay home. I want to miss out on every party, but I have to push myself to be out there. And like when I joined Rotary, it was really hard on me to be there every week and to be at these galas and be at these events. And, um, it, and I've really, really, I feel like a lot of people think that I'm much more of an extroverted person because I push myself. Um, but it has grown my business because I've pushed myself. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I opened up um, a session at a, a conference yesterday and wow. I, I had nothing sort of scripted or planned. And I'm, see, I'm totally good being on stage. I'm totally good wow. talking. Introversion is not so much, and this is the misconception I think that mm-hmm. people have, is introversion is not about whether you are outgoing or reserved. It's where you collect your energy from. Right. And I can easily get up on front of the stage and I do and speak to people and I can teach courses and I can, you know, get out there and network, but where do I collect my energy? It's not in those moments. I have to go, go back home and now don't, you know, not talk and rest. And that's where I collect my energy is being, you know, in isolation, (laughs) in isolation, but it's not, I think there's more, I get, I, I get the assumption from people that I'm an extrovert because I'm always talking to people. Um, and I'm at events all the time and it doesn't mean that it's comfortable. My preference would be to be home in my Lulu's comfortable, no makeup on like that is my, that is where I'm at my best. Dang it sister. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) And the extroverts are like, really? (laughs) You guys are nuts, but it, it really is. So to me, that's my comfort, but recognizing that when you're in business, you're going to have to quickly get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's not always about me being at home in my, the safety of my office, my home office where, you know, everything is in my controlled environment. And so you have to learn how to, you know, step out of that shell and talk to people because when your business depends on people, you just don't really have a choice. You have, you have to do it. And, and yeah, so completely agree. And now I'm curious, Angela, are you an, uh, a fellow introvert like us or are you an extrovert? It's, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I truly, uh, when people ask me this, I struggle so much. So I feel at the heart of it, I'm an introvert who likes to dress up as an extrovert often. Ooh. At the heart of it, like I, 
I love talking with people. I, if I had to get up on stage and I've been in those situations, if there's a microphone, it's like, oh shit, here she goes. And <laughs> I have a problem jumping on a mic and like into that capacity. I've always, I always say to Matt, like, I need to tone it down on our show because I could just <laughs> go on and on. It's ridiculous. Mm. I need to take a shut up sandwich to, to let <laughs> sometimes, but, but I love, I feed off of energy. So if I'm, especially when I'm passionate about something, that is the, the extrovert in me that shines when I'm working or with a, a group of people where it's like, Oh, you, I am vibing with all of you. That is where I am the most comfortable and shining. And then there's that other side where if I walk into a room to any kind of, whether it's a party or a conference or anything, and I'm solo, I want to vomit. I do not want to be like, um, hi, I'm like a loner in the corner who's like, oh my God, pretend you're on the phone. On the phone? Or, I, we were going, Nat and I were going to an event and we were meeting each other there. I totally know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, and she was late. And then by the time, so I went out and I hung out in the bathroom. <laughs> for like 10 minutes and it's so funny because a lot of people even my closest friends would be like what are you talking about but it's so true I that gives me heart palpitations where I'm like but as soon as I get introduced and if people are like oh so what do you and conversations get going then I'm like oh I'm good like but it takes me it's like getting into a cold lake like okay you just <laughs> Like, go for it, but to walk in is the most excruciating and painful thing. So I wonder, okay, so you can call yourself an ambivert, right? So we're oh, your phone. I did not know that. New term. I don't oh, even know if that, I'm assuming that's what it means. I've only heard the term. So we're just going to lay it out there and say that that's what it, that is what it's supposed to mean. I'll but I'm going right to yeah. put that into my elevator pitch. Too. There you go. Yes. But I wonder if what we're talking about is, so if we go with really the true definition of introvert, extrovert, you seem to collect your energy when you're with people. Like you just said, I get a rush and I get vibe totally. with people. Um, so that speaks a lot to extroversion. I wonder if the panic and fear that many of us feel really just has to do with we haven't really been trained with social skills. Like it's not something we're taught. To, we're not taught how to, how to pick up on social cues and socialize and how to interject ourselves in a group unless you've actually gone out of the schooling system and have joined things like Toastmasters or, you know, networking events where they help you hone those skills. Mm -hmm. I wonder if a lot of what we feel like we're labeling right now as introversion is really just, I don't know how to do it and it feels uncomfortable. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say something good? <laughs> that was awesome. And it's quite possible. But yeah. I just, only because I, I, I have these conversations with people all the time. And I've been in conference settings where they intentionally set out time for people to network. And, and it's funny. You see the people in the corner picking up their phone pretending they're on it um, yeah but then you see them in a group and once they're in their zone and they're doing what they love they're totally vibing so I, I, I kind of wonder if sometimes where we label introversion extroversion is really just I don't know how I've never been shown right, right. yeah so I found the uh the um definition of ambivert <laughs> don't like, oh, oh it, no. sound, it sounds perverted so I'm ambiverversion <laughs> I don't know no <laughs> 
Uh, an ambivert is someone who exhibits qualities of both introversion and extroversion and can flip into either depending on their mood, context, and goals. Okay. So I was on the right track then. I didn't throw an unknown term in the mix. (laughs) They've also been called social introverts. I don't know. And I believe they're also called fabulous. 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 Fabulous, obviously, yeah. I love that. (laughs) It's right. It's all fabulous. Okay, so and and so we've all admitted then that in social settings we're not really at our most confident, and yet here we are, three women in business who rely on people for their business. What would you say then? What would be your piece of advice to other other people listening who are probably nodding their head going, oh my God, that's me too. You know, in order, in in terms of like just starting or, or, you know, how do you get more comfortable? Mm -hmm. I would say that often, and and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but often it has to do with negative self-talk. So when you do set out into one of those situations, we are putting ourselves down in our heads. (laughs) It's that that conversation you're having in your head um, <laughs> that really doesn't have to take place. So maybe it's starting the event off with walking into that room and going, I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous over and over and over again. These I people like can't that. wait to meet me. They can't wait to meet me. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Because we do have all this negative self-talk before without us even realizing it. I think we do it a lot with, and we're not even conscious to it. Right. And I think, we've all been in these situations as well. You walk in and you see, um, you don't see smiles. So maybe just be that person that walks into the room and smiles. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. It's, that's a really, really good point. Sometimes we feed off of so much of what we're first presented with. So Mm -hmm. if you're walking into a room and people are kind of like looking at you, who are you? They're not smiling. You feel that energy. And that's where sometimes that angst comes from where it's like, Oh, I don't really feel welcome here. And then you feel vulnerable. And then that's where even I know for me personally, where the self kind of talk is like, Oh, this is a really weird vibe. And how could people like, is it me? And, and you know, it's the, the ticking talking in the head, but I think you're right. That's a good point. Nat is then be that person walk in. And I actually do like doing that. Sometimes if people are like really grumpy, I love the saying, (laughs) kill them with kindness. Mm. Like even if if you're driving and someone's, honking at you or flip to the bird and just wave and smile <laughs> have a wonderful day I don't know I, I I love that 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 term because sometimes you just have to flip the narrative and if people you know you, you throw a smile and they perceive like oh hello like oh hello. And you also find your people in that room that's very true you know because if you are a light you know hearted kind person and you're walking into a room um with a big giant smile on your face the big giant smilers are going to find you. Yeah. Do you walk in a room? So when you walk into social settings or, or large environments, do you walk in and, and intentionally scout the people? Like, do you, do you read people and say like, okay, that's somebody I might want to gravitate to, or you just kind of go in and, <laughs> and then run for the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but now I'm going to. Oh, no. Really good. No, that's, no, 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 not go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. okay. No, no. I, I don't I, usually scan the room, but I think that's a great idea. 
That just to find idea. that anchor, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all looking for, everybody's looking for an anchor and you kind of just said it. It's like you find your people. If you're going to walk in with a smile, you're probably going to find your tribe. People who kind of are attracted and, you know, magnetized to that. So mm-hmm. I just wonder if we walk in, if, if maybe part of our social skills training mm-hmm. is to scout out the people who you get that good read off of. It's no different. I guess I equate it to if I'm on stage, you're, you know, and especially now because we all have cell phones stuck in our faces 24 seven. If I'm, if I'm up in front of a group and I'm talking to them, there's always going to be people that are looking down, looking at their phones, talking to their, you know, people next to them. And right away that can throw you off as a speaker. It's like, Oh, oh maybe they're not interested. And then all of a sudden I'm not good enough. Why am I here? Why did I agree to do this? This yeah. is going to totally bomb. They're probably talking about me and it co- totally throws you off game. Whereas if you kind of just I find the people, as soon as somebody's making eye contact with me, it's like those, that poor soul, <laughs> that's it. I'm talking to them because I need that. We all need that exchange. We need those social cues to let us know that we're okay. Mm-hmm, that's great. Yeah. It's the same thing on social media. When we're on social media, it's about putting out the best version of yourself and finding those people. And I think we've, ta- Angela and I've talked about this, like when we, when we write any captions, it's directed towards that one person, mm-hmm. that one exact person. So I love that. I love that. I like the relation that you just made though, to it being very similar. It's the same thing on social media. I mean, why it's true. Why would the rules be any different? People have the exact same kind of fear walking into a big room as they are posting something that's vulnerable. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to add to that a little bit on more of like the confidence factor you the way you worded your question I'm, I'm going back a little bit um I think the the confidence also when when as solopreneurs entrepreneurs anyone in business when you're actually doing what you truly love where it's not like oh I like what I do I'm, I'm still kind of working through it I know personally I've gone to that I've I've let other kind of portions of my business go to really focus to a spot where I'm I truly feel I love what I do. I'm passionate. And, and any of that fear or feelings I get, it, sometimes it's healthy because it reminds me I care. I'm really, I want to show up and I want to do my best because I love what I do so much. Mm. And then I think that also transcends to, to the confidence when we are in our lane where we're feeling like this is exactly what I should be doing. That is such a a big smile on your face, walking over him. And, and sometimes maybe that's part of the strategy too, of talking about what you love is a great icebreaker as well, because we always resort to the things we know, but I find we can know a lot of things, but when we're passionate and it fuels us in those ways, that brings out a lot of confidence as well. Mm-hmm. That relates mm-hmm. into what we were talking about. It totally does. It totally does. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now I'm being mindful of time right now. Cause I know um, one of you has to be gone by, too, right? You'll, you'll just hear the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For everybody listening though, it wasn't a mean snap. But <laughs> he had no idea I was on. I was on. And so I was snapping to draw his attention because he was talking to the dog. <laughs> I wasn't snapping to be like, move away, sir. Get out of my space. <laughs> he would divorce me by now if I did that. <laughs> Can you snap at him and get you, like, can he bring you a glass of water? water? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Can I have? Yeah. <laughs> Garcon. Garcon. 
<laughs> if only it were that easy. Yeah. No, I you know what I'm I'm very lucky. My my husband is is extremely supportive. He is he is actually my biggest cheerleader. And I think when we talked about when we talked about, you know, loneliness, I I did I failed to mention him because he's definitely somebody that I come back to. Of course I'm very choosy about what I share with him because he'll get right in the drama with me. <laughs> um you know, he's not like a good girlfriend that will, you know, have your back get in there and then tell you the, a different perspective. He'd be like, yeah, Michelle, you were right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but he's, um, he's definitely been a huge uh, supporter, um, especially Absolutely. because we're both entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We both have our own business, which makes it great at times because we've got the flexibility, but also challenging at times because we're always kind of vying for, well, like, <laughs> I can't necessarily say, but this is more important than what you've got going on. Right. And I need you to, you know, so we've got to compromise, but you both have, um, you know, partners and, and children. And what is sort of the biggest challenge that you guys have had to face, maybe just as of recent, um, with now starting new projects together that add more to your plate Yes, albeit they're passion projects and you love doing them, but it's still time. Um, how do you manage that? <laughs> well, wine. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robert Mondavi. Um, <laughs> that's a great question because it, it's definitely, I won't say struggle, but it has really propelled into being so mindful and respectful of time. And because uh, Nat and I are collaborating and we both have, you know, other schedules with family and friends and work and, and this, this new venture. And of course, school strikes and snow <laughs> definitely don't help. Um, but I, the, so it has been, it can be difficult at times, but again, I feel like we're both so fueled by this passion for our, our new venture with the social focus, with the podcast and a few other things in the works. So it's prioritizing and not treating it like a side hustle or a side gig. We've really, I feel done great in the last few weeks of still making this a priority and showing up. And we've been able to delegate uh, to split our roles, which has been fantastic. And, and even just, I'm sure, I hope Nat will agree of really enjoying all the moments of it and not mm. like enjoying every laugh that comes with it and, and like, Oh crap, shit, I forgot this. Sorry. <laughs> and, and just being like, it's all good. So it's, it's like having an accountability partner and such a great support. And we're both reaping every fantastic reward from it. Mm-hmm. And on the family side, which is so wonderful. And I think that's when we talk about collaboration is finding that person with that. It's been great. We, our sons are very, very close in age and we, we get our families together too. So sometimes it's a nice blend where we can do a little bit of work and our husbands get along great. So we're very, very fortunate that, okay, guys, can you guys go out skating and <laughs> knock on the window? And we're going to go and do this for an hour or two. And then we couldn't, and then it's like designated, okay, well, we got to get back to the boys. And then we just enjoy our, all of our time together. And mm. I'm so grateful to that because it's, it helps us put that pressure on. Of, we got two hours and it's amazing. That's a great tr- tip is if you set your clock for two hours and I have two hours to get this done, it's amazing what you think that you could put off for so long. And I mean that in every sense of whatever you're working on, if you physically can put a timer on, it's amazing how fast you can actually get it done without distractions. Yeah. We're also like really good at, okay, this is the decision. Okay, done. 
it's we don't second guess each other no. the whole either. and then going back to the our spouses and our families they're extremely supportive and involved like they are helping us along the way too they have ideas they've been helping us with different you know parts of the project which is incredible like mm-hmm. on both ends Mike is so supportive Brent is so supportive Mike and does all the wine pickups right. oh that's exactly. awesome <laughs> and Brent is the all the behind the scenes <laughs> yes. a little babysitting but that's that is that is true though is it really <laughs> called babysitting when it's your own child come it, on it shouldn't be but it is I know often people I know. ask that question but it totally is it is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah I really believe that they are as invested as we are. Totally. That's amazing. And so what I'm hearing then, it's not about living in silos where you've got, you know, family here, work here, this passion project here. It's about really blending and learning how to sort of make all of those worlds work together um, collaboratively. I mean, really everything we've kind of talked about, and I kind of just made a little side note, it's really um, that social power. Mm-hmm. Because it is, whether we're social online, whether we're social with our families, whether we're social with our friends, you know, how we communicate with others, how we communicate with ourselves, it's, there's that power in it if we know how to harness it properly. And I think we've kind of touched upon that in some way, shape or form with all these million conversations that we, we you know, we've kind of gone through. But it's true, as I'm, as I'm hearing both of you talk and just reflecting on the conversations that we've had, it, there's so much power in being social when we equip ourselves with the necessary skills that we need, when we portray ourselves uh, the way we need to online in order to enhance our business, to leverage that for our business. There's truly power in being social. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, That's a so great quote. There's our, all together. there's our podcast episode title. I love it. Social power. <laughs> Social Done. power. Like Done. Can we be yeah. like the next Spice Girls and like oh. girl power? No, wait. Social yes. power? Yeah, that would be yeah. good. Hey, it works. I'm all up for it. Let's see I'm how a, we... I'm about to break into song, so you might want to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to let Ange do a song as we, <laughs> as we exit this episode. I don't even have intro music. Ange, would you like to do that for me? <laughs> Oh Uh-oh. The world. Spice up your life. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. She wasn't kidding. Back. She wasn't kidding. I'm not cutting it. It's going in. Because you're you're fabulous. You both are. Thank you. Really. So Thank you. you. We love you. So Thank much. you. Likewise. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this and really sort of have you both bring to the table your just natural, awesome qualities as women, as powerhouse business women, um, and just genuine humans. At the end of the day, I think, you know, if anybody's listening and is looking for, um, if they're in the Ontario region, well, mind you, I'm sure you two wouldn't object to traveling out to California if someone was listening and wanted to, <laughs> wanted to get your services. We are manifesting it currently. We have had many conversations about this. So. Beautiful. Well, there we go. Well, listen, thank you both for your time today. I know you've got kids at home and businesses to run. I really appreciate the time that you guys have shared with me. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Michelle. You are an inspiration to us as well. Aww. Yeah. Love you Thank and you. good luck with your podcasts. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, there you have it. To learn more about Nat and Ange, please visit this episode's webpage at www.michellereci.com forward slash episode 32. And before I let you go, I have an ask for each of you. 
I would be absolutely honored if you could take a moment to rate the show and leave me a review. Your words and encouragement mean the world to me, and I love being able to share them with everyone on my social media. So wherever you are listening, whether it's uh, iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio, I would be really grateful for your time and your message. Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for joining me here, and I look forward to chatting with you again, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.